Hello and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I'm Ashley Nickel with the Packer and PMG, and we have with us today Julie Kravanek, president of Kravanek Consulting. Uh, Julie, you mentioned this is your 30th year in the industry, and uh, for, for those who don't know her, which I know many of the folks listening will, Julie is a corporate strategist, strategic planner, board member, and M&A consultant. Julie, thanks so much for being with us today. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. So what sparked uh, this this conversation today was actually a LinkedIn post. Julie, you shared a story about this artificial intelligence startup that's actually automating negotiations for some of the smaller suppliers that companies, including Walmart, have started to work with, with the idea being that, you know, Walmart's got a whole lot of different suppliers that it has deals with. And for some of those lower value contracts, you know, they're thinking, well, a chat bot can probably handle this, you know, the same as or better than a person. That way our actual people can focus on the the bigger deals. Pretty wild. And just one example of how technology is, is totally changing the game. It, it has already, and it's going to continue to, of course, in, in the coming years. And so Julie, we, we were talking, of course, and, and we thought this up in a broader conversation um, of how technology is changing business, um, including the influence of B2B relationships compared to what it was in the past. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is kind of where things are now, what the big drivers of the future are, what's happening in our industry in particular, and then how companies can respond. So we'll, we'll let you take it away with kind of setting the stage for where we are now. Okay, so I want to tag on to your um, introduction and your really backstory of how we got here. As a strategist, one of the things that's the most important is to constantly peek around the corner to see what's coming. It is a way to be able to respond to the world that we will be doing business in. It's not crazy Star Wars stuff. It is, these are indicators of the world we will be doing business in. In the produce industry and in the fresh food industry, one of the things, as you've said, and we've talked about, one of the things we've relied on forever is the value of those relationships, those networks in this dynamic of, uh, in this B2B dynamic and how those relationships increase demand, increase sales, right? Continue to build a company based on what, how we relate to each other. So in our conversation, and when I saw this and posted it on LinkedIn, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. I mean, here we go. So what if you're not talking to, negotiating with, buddying with, being friends with uh, a human? What if that human interface is taken away? And we've seen that chip away. So over the last 20 years, 20 years ago, we were talking about relationship selling. We were sending people cases of wine. We were going to sports events. It was more fun, but that sort of shut down. (laughs) So, you know, then the next step is, wait a minute, you can't buy me a cup of coffee. Then the next step is, wait a minute, I'm not going to see you in person. I am going to see you like you and I are seeing each other. And now the next step that's coming is I'm not going to see you at all. You can talk to a tech, you know, a a technology interface. Um, So um, 
a bit worried. That's why I want to talk to people about what it is, what's coming and what you can do about it. Um, yeah, our weapons are changing. It's time again for another shift. So let me just kick off. I want to talk about what the world is that we're in now and really what the absolute three trends, there's all kinds of dynamics, but in our industry, there's a big three. Okay, so I wanna talk about that. The first is I will say to people, welcome to the roaring 20s. <laughs> okay, if you take a look at this decade ahead of us, there is such pent up demand for things that I say are life affirming, mm -hmm. okay? Fresh food is life affirming. Traveling is life affirming. Being with each other finally, right? Getting on a plane and seeing your kids and grandkids is life affirming. Mm -hmm. um, going out to a restaurant is life affirming. So we see all of the pent up demand for that. What does that mean for us? It's obvious. We've got some real open, we've got a decade of open roaring 20s ahead of us. But the conflict or the disconnect is going to be what's happening in terms of inflation, recession, and, and, and cost consciousness. Our supply chains are still all screwed up. So what are we seeing? We are seeing um, very strong and sharp increases depending on the industry, but we're seeing sharp increases in goods. So you're gonna, so our companies are gonna have to figure out how to weave this dynamic of things that are very pulling and life affirming us in the epicenter of that, along with this continued price sensitivity. So how can I, do you see the disconnect there? So we're gonna be absolutely in the middle of that. So don't expect price to be less of a conversation, be, expect it to be more of a conversation. By the way, technology and value will help you trump that conversation, which mm -hmm. I wanna talk about. Um, so I wanna talk about a bit, these big three drivers. You know, all trends don't mean all things to all people. Mm -hmm. You've got to, you know, you go crazy trying to react to a market that is in constant shift. So for egg, for fresh produce, for fresh food, okay, for us in that sort of uh, realm, there are only three that I want people to pay attention to. Um, you know, I work with dozens and dozens and of companies, hundreds of leaders. And these are the three that I think are important. And I, I want to give us a report card. Okay. Not only talk about the trends, but I want to tell you some observations. The first one is inside our industry and inside our companies. And that's the culture. Stated in really simple words, what is it like to work in one of our businesses? And what is it like to work in our industry? Um, we are primarily privately held businesses, right? So it gives us more flexibility. 
Our heartbeat is family-based businesses. Walmart's a family-based business, for God's sakes, right? No matter the size, that's kind of how we all came up with that sense of working with family. Um, our leaders are um, savvy. They're entrepreneurial. They're well-intended. Our environments are flexible. We have what I want to call a war cry and a dream. Our war cry is feeding people, healthy food for people. What better war cry? And our dream is, you know, how do we continue? It doesn't have to be some wifty thing. How do we continue to grow our businesses and be of value, right? That's how do we do that? That's what strategy is. It's not some strange thing. All it is, is how do you grow your business? Okay, what's your best shot at doing that? So that is the first trend, and that's the first dynamic. Our report card, A, we check the box. <laughs> we absolutely, positively check the box. Even the younger generations that are getting very interested in what's our food about, where is it grown, how's it grown, what's local mean, how do I go to a farmer's market for my produce, um, are seduced. I get phone calls all the time. How do I get into this industry? Oh, wow. Okay. So um, both in our culture, both in the ability of our industry to magnetize, spectacular. Okay. The second, the second, we know this is health building, okay? Mm -hmm. We know health building. I live in the city, I'm in Denver, I see Peloton trucks driving all over the place, <laughs> delivering to, to homes, right? So it, obviously we are understanding um, the, the heavy impact of the pandemic, mm -hmm. okay? The heavy impact. People with pre-existing conditions, obesity, um, immune systems, hypertension. We're seeing that, but what's the offset to that? Us. I mean, we couldn't have picked it any better. It's finally our time. <laughs> and I would say finally, right? It goes back to your mother saying, eat your veggies. I mean, she was right. Okay, so what... What's really happening? We're plant-centric. Organic is going through the roof. Um, you know, the, the um, interest in local. We are building, there is a cause and effect between eating fresh fruits and vegetables and your health. There's a cause and effect. Take a look at, <clears throat> I work in the mushroom industry. For years, we talked about vitamin D and they kept saying, Julie, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Well, guess what? In the last year, um, demand for mushrooms has increased 30%. Now everybody cares. Mm -hmm. Okay. Vitamin D. So it's, uh, you know, lifestyle shifts. Everything has shifted in the interest of what? Building my health, my ability to resist, you know, the challenges that are coming at me. Yeah. Okay. So what do I, what grade do I give us there? <laughs> a plus, 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 plus. <laughs> Don't waste a good pandemic. I'm telling you, it has prompted, you know, what we do for a living. And I, it, we're not 
Aren't you glad we're not making office furniture? I mean, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, we are just a halo. We have a halo. Yes. So yippee yippee. Okay, so culture, great. Health building, perfect. Okay. Here's a third one, and that's why we're having this conversation. <laughs> the third one is technology. Okay. Um, what and what does that mean? We are smack in the middle of the fourth industrial revolution. What does that mean? The third industrial revolution was in the 50s with the advent of computers. Look at in this period of time what that has meant. Okay, from massive IBM mainframes to, right, here's my phone. Okay, yeah. I mean, very different. Um, uh, the second industrial revolution was in the 20s with manufacturing. Okay, just take a look at what assembly line and manufacturing is. What that means is that we are now at the brink of something or in the middle of something that has the ability to revolutionize that much, right? Ongoing automation and smart technology. Ongoing automation and smart technology. So, oh man, so now loop, I'm gonna keep looping back to this dilemma that we, many of our businesses have. The dilemma is, okay, automation, smart technology, but wait, 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 wait. I'm a relationship guy. I'm a people guy. What about all that? <clears throat> okay, yet again, challenged. Yet again, stepping back. Um, what is this automation and smart technology? What is it designed to do in the marketplace? The first, the most important is that internally it is going to continue to, by the way, this isn't like it happened yesterday, yeah. wash through our value chain, wash through our value chain. Technology is a component of value all the way from supplier to the customer. Okay, I'm not calling it a supply chain. That implies a commodity price. I'm calling it a value chain, which says, what is the value that you add to every step of the way? What else is happening? New ways to collect and analyze data. Five years, we were talking about big data. Everybody said, okay, now I got big data. What do I do with big data? Well, I use technology to analyze it to do what and improve my processes and my value to who the customer. Um, the last, which is trickier, is AI. Um, <clears throat> that's where this company packed them. I thought, okay, here we go. What's AI do? It changes behavior. It shapes and changes behavior. That is both interesting and creepy. Yes. That's, that's the word that came to my mind. I was like, wow. So like the customer service chat bot, like when I buy clothes online, that's going to be handling negotiations. Like, That's not somebody sitting there. That's not somebody, that's not somebody really there saying, hi, Julie, my name is, uh-uh, new. If you look at, okay, this is a side rant. If you look at Facebook, if you look at uh, social media, if you look at Netflix, why do you think, how do you think those suggestions for what to watch next pop up from net, Netflix, mm -hmm. okay? 
they pop up because that's what you have been watching. It gives you what you want. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing? We're What is that doing? It's shaping behavior. Okay. So again, does the human being have a chance to shape behavior? Less and less and less. Okay. Um, okay. So I want to, this is, I've written down some, I've been collecting things that happened in just the last week. Oh boy. <laughs> um, by the way, I gave us an A in culture in our industry. I gave us an A plus, 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 the most plus you could have in health building. What do you think I should give us in this whole technology area? Oh, sheesh. Oh, so, it, and as far as the grade, readiness to engage with, say, Walmart when they go down this road, yeah. spreading yeah. out more broadly. Yeah. Oh. Inside my business, outside the front door, and smack next to where demand and sales happen. Ooh. And well, and we're looking to at the scale of, uh, you know, big companies to pretty small companies in the range of having to deal with these really large retailers like a Walmart, right? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, would be hard to get higher than like a C maybe? Am I? Ding, 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 ding. Okay, that's right. And I'm going to talk about the size of the company that, you know, all that. But yes, we are quite average. And that for many companies is generous. Okay, that's very generous. Okay. So, so do you see the dilemma? Do you see, you know, do you see what I'm, you know, thinking, uh oh, uh oh, I mean, the dilemma is, right? What brings value? Mm -hmm. What makes it better, cheaper, simpler, right? All that is our inferior function. It's what we are least comfortable with in what in a marketplace where that is taken number one spot. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So let me give you some stuff. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Okay, here's some, these, these are announcements in our industry in just this last week. Just the last week, okay. So first of all, we know e-commerce, okay. All you have to do is live and breathe to understand e-commerce. It ain't anything <laughs> magical. Um, tomorrow I'm going on a hike. I live in Colorado, I'm outside all the time. I'm going on a hike. My hiking boots are pitiful. I just ordered hiking boots. They will be here in the morning or tonight getting ready for tomorrow's hike, okay. We know that. Well, you know, just look at, every facet of our world that is touched by e-commerce, smart technology, mm -hmm. at-home delivery. The pandemic has done absolutely everything to accelerate that, okay? Why is that important? That's important because it's the world we live in and that's the expectations of our customers, okay? Amazon is gonna bring me my hiking boots tomorrow. Why is it gonna take you a, a week to get me your product. Wait, I don't get it. I'm not used to that. That's not today's environment, okay? Um, so here's some stuff that's gone on 
that, okay, so this one, I thought, whoa, yesterday, Kroger, have you read this? Kroger announced um, drone delivery. So we think about drones like, you know, huh, what, huh, what might that mean? Kroger partnered with a tech company called Drone Express, clever name, but you know, um, to create Kroger drone delivery on a local basis up to five pounds. If I'm a mom, I'm here, I ran out of diapers, okay? I can get the drone delivery to come here in time for me to diaper my baby, okay? That's, that's not spooky. That's a pilot that's here right now. Um, there's a company that had its heartbeat in our grape industry. It's called Monarch Tractor. Last week, they announced the launch of a fully electric driver optional tractor. Okay. They're, they've coined it the Tesla of tractors. Oh, my <laughs> Now start thinking, is that some like kooky far out thing? Think of that. The door's been cracked open. Think about that in terms of our harvesting, our production. Think about that. Okay. Um, We have, um, I told you I live in Denver. Last week I went to the opening of a market called Choice Market. Choice Market. Um, It is cashierless checkout, cashierless, no humans, okay? The technology's on the ceiling. I've got an app on my phone. And as I pick up things, it registers it, okay? But what's the crazy combination that that they've put together, which I think is brilliant? They're gonna snuff out like a dead bug 7-Eleven with their cigarettes and junk food. <laughs> they, are, they are looking at made to order. They're looking at local Colorado food. They're looking at craft beers. Oh my gosh. And gasoline. So I, and they're, the fourth one just opened. It's three blocks away. Okay, so I can go get gas, a beer, a meal for tonight. And some other stuff that I need, right? Some local lamb. I can get all these things and never see a human being. It's and it might still be faster than that 7-Eleven plus better assortment. <laughs> better for you, right? Playing into health. I mean, we're kind of a healthy state, but playing back into all of that. And the last one is a um, colleague and friend of mine, Joe McGuire, CEO of a business called Pure Green Farms. They're located in, of all places, South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana, for God's sakes. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm from the Midwest. I'm like, well, how the hell did you end up in South Bend? But listen to what they are. They're a four-acre hydroponic indoor farm with the most advanced technology, safe and sustainable, no human hands, fresh and closer than product coming from California, uh, pesticide-free, what are they doing? They're completely reimagining farming, completely reimagining. They just delivered supply to my King Supers two blocks away. All right. Um, the, this is what's happened. Okay. In our personal world, in our industry, 
Okay. So now go back to, uh, but where's my guy? Why do they keep wanting to talk about price? How do I influence all of this? How do I keep up? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So our, you know, you asked something, you said you had a, a insightful comment, which is what about the size of our businesses, right? What about, right? So um, I, I want to give our listeners a bit of a profile of the industry, okay? Because what you asked absolutely makes a difference, okay? Because if I'm Julie's produce here and I hear about drones, I'm going to get blown out. I don't know what to do with that, yeah. okay? So it absolutely, so um, most of our, most of the profile of our industry is um, small, sales up to 100 million, medium, 100 to 500 million, or large, it's like t-shirts, 500 to a billion plus. (laughs) 85% of us are small to medium, okay? And of that, a whole bunch are small, under 100 million. Where do we operate? Local, yes. Regional, absolutely. National and global, mm, right? So until you start getting into that kind of a scope, you still have a slower pull on technologies, okay? And you have more of a chance to impact and affect, uh, you know, the, the ability to grow your business to trigger demand. We have, um, in the industry, we have become seduced by the consumer and seduced by the, uh, the nirvana of increasing consumption, okay? So there are people out there that are gonna go, oh, right? How, consumption's always been flat. I've worked in this industry for decades. <laughs> I never known it to be, unless you're avocados, 10 years ago, unless you're blueberries, right? Unless, unless, unless you're organic now, which is, it's sort of always been flat. And my question is, how does technology impact our businesses, and I've seen dozens of them, ability to double and triple in size, mm-hmm. okay? Do you see the disconnect, yeah. right? So while I think it's sort of interesting, it's not the holy grail. It is that B2B relationship, and we're, we can't lose sight of that. There's people that are working on these bigger things, and I think that's great. But the B2B relationship is where our power is and where our focus ought to be. If um, I want to talk about people that are sort of stuck in old school, and then I want to give people um, seven tips. Okay, what do you do with all this? Mm -hmm. All right. So with the size of our industry, with us being B, go back to that basic. That's where I can affect change. Will you affect change through the personality and persuasion? No. Um, what do, what does the B2B relationship look like? I want people to write this down because this is what you ought to be focused on. Number one is price. Okay. Sorry. That's it. 
Okay, and if you don't have any way of demonstrating value, then guess what? All we're going to talk about is personality and price. It's not going to work anymore. The second thing that will build demand, i.e. increase your business, increase your sales, grow your company, is what's called strategic value. So what do you bring me beyond price? What do you bring me beyond price? Okay, again, you got, I, there's people that are listening that are, again, going to reel back and gasp. If you are still talking about value in terms of quality and service, nobody cares. Why does nobody care? Because that's assumed. Mm -hmm. That's like saying, oh, I just bought a house and I got a new front door with it. Isn't that something? Well, duh. Okay. So service means, man, I'm on it. Something goes wrong. You can reach me at all hours of the day and night. Quality means no, really. Mine really is the best. It's like people describing their firstborn. No, really. My, or their grandchild. No, he really is smart. Oh, I'm sure he is. Well, okay. Do you know, we can't, we can't rely on that anymore. It's just basic. And the other thing is ability to simplify daily operations mm. or in fact, take them over. Okay. Take a look at CHR and what they're doing to become that replenishment center. You don't need a DC. We're it. We link in. We see when you're low. All right, we have a way to analyze inventory. We just bring it to you. You never have to worry about that. We don't have to talk to you. We just keep bringing the ketchup, bringing the pickles. We just keep doing that, okay? So if you're old school, it means that you don't understand value, value to who, value to the customer. It's not what you bring. You're wonderful, you're safe, you're fresh, okay, you're well-intended. It's not what you bring, it's what they define as value. Mm -hmm. You have to find that out and figure that out. Um, we have people, we have people in our sales department that are just waiting for things to get back to normal. Okay. For them, they're old school. I hate to say it, but some of it is generational. Okay, so what that means is there's going to be a day in time when I don't have to talk to you on Zoom. I can go see you or you'll take my calls and it'll all be nice again. No, 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 no. If your sales department has more fax machines than Office Depot, you are, <laughs> you are old school, old school, old school. What does technology do? It eliminates all the manual, it eliminates that or it replaces. So some of us are sitting in old school and there's gonna be winners and losers in this roaring 20s, okay? So let me give you something. That's kind of how I wanna end this, which sure. is don't be depressed, but snap out of it. So again, Ashley, to the reason we started talking to begin with, relationship selling is a thing of last century, like literally last century. Is it important? Do we like to do business with people that we like? Are we as an industry terrific? Are we well-intended? Are we, you know, problem solvers? All that is yes. Okay. But that's way in the back of the bus. So what can you do? Here's some seven things. The first way is you've got to look at 
you've got to be emotionally honest and and unbiased in looking at whether or not you're stuck in old school ways and internal resistance. Okay, that's the biggest hurdle. What's going on inside your company and inside your sales organization? Resist, resist. Okay, so as you try to advance through the roaring 20s, you're going to have people that are saying no, no. Number two, embrace digital transformation. That's, a, that's kind of a phrase that's been thrown around. Um, I say way over half uh, percent of our industry has no idea what, does that, what that means. What is a digital transformation? What does that mean? Again, it means that you replace manual with digital. You've replaced existing digital with newer, okay? Why? Better, faster, cheaper, easier. If I can get my hiking boots tomorrow morning from L.L. Bean, but you still tell a customer to fax you something, just, right? It's like, well, well, wait, wait a minute, okay? Why do I even have to talk to you? Can't I just text something to you, okay, right? So look at the things that need to be transformed. The people in the business know those things. Mm-hmm. Um, the third is plan and budget for technology. It's a freakish area. Why? Because you can dump so much money. Um, there's a pragmatic anchor to technology. The pra- pragmatic anchor is what does it do to make your customer's life better, cheaper, faster? Again, what does it do for what? For them. It's not technology for its own sake. Mm-hmm. So you need a plan, you need a budget. And if you've been one of the lucky ones who's had a portfolio that emphasized retail, you got some extra dough, okay? You spend that, invest that dough in a technology plan. Um, That's practical. That's practical for who my customers are in this B2B interface. Um, The fourth one is figure out how to be, quote, of indispensable value beyond price beyond price. It's quality uh, service in terms of the old way of thinking about things. That's just the ticket to the dance, right? What's happening now, particularly in retail by 2025, um, 80% of our um, relationship will be contractual. Now take a look at Pactum. Look at what they're doing. They're saying Walmart, most of it's a contract. They're small contracts. You don't have to talk to these guys. Um, a private label. Okay, this is a, a, a this is for the marketing companies. Okay, if you are nervous about, if you are thinking that you are building a consumer label, if your name isn't Driscoll, if your name isn't Sunkist, is your name if your name isn't Del Monte, we have an industry interface and an industry brand. That means that the B2B exchange is the one that you ought to be talking to, talking with, and helping your customers with, okay? Private brand is the only place that the retailer is going to increase. That's it. Everybody carries Driscoll. It's wonderful. You got to have it, okay? But private brand is where it's happening. In terms of restaurants, we are not going to see pre-pandemic until about 2025, okay? So... 
um, it's exciting. I'm exciting. You know, it's a, a little corner restaurant down the block from me just opened up. I'm excited. Okay. I think that's great. That That's not a hundred million dollar business. Okay. So for ease of analyzing what you've got, even inside the business, you ought to be in constant analysis of your margins of your customer portfolio and constantly like a stock portfolio using technology to jigger it. Um, the fifth is, um, are you easy to do business with? Not are you nice? We love you. You are nice. Do you have an online ordering? Have you had that for five years plus? People are still screwing around with online ordering. Really? Um, delivery, replenishment. Okay, so it's all of those things that are kind of the basics, right? We're still working with archaic systems to give us analysis that we've got to piece together and facts and use on an Excel spreadsheet when people just want to punch a button and order something online. Okay. Replenishment the same way. Um, these are sort of, uh, this one is a, a learning from the pandemic technology or not. Do you have a diversified portfolio? There were winners and losers, and the winners were people that companies that had a diversified portfolio. Mm -hmm. So as you look to your point at the size, as you look at the, the match with that size, you better get ready for the next disaster, right? And have a portfolio that's diversified. It's like in the dot-com phenomena. People only had dot-com. They went down the drain and had to rebuild in, you know, something that was more diversified. So watch that. And the last is, um, boy, you don't have to invent it. You don't have to be the expert. You have to know enough to not get taken mm -hmm. and to know exactly where to place your money. But take a look at other, at tech company partnerships, okay? Um, if you have an inside IT department, Make sure that they know the business well enough to not just get seduced by technology. We have to have this and that. Mm -mm. Take a look at outside partnerships. Dole did that. Others are doing that. They did that beautifully with this Drone Express. Okay. They've been partnering with them. They launched yesterday. I don't have to necessarily have that in-house capability. It's gonna to take too long to figure out, but I can create some alliance, some venture, some strategic connection to somebody that knows more than me, mm -hmm. right? And share the wealth of that. So even for a small company, right? I can make partnerships with, with organizations and people that can help you get where you want to faster. Okay, so, that's the Roaring Twenties. Okay, that's what we need to do. Buckle up. <laughs> Isn't it? it? It is. Yeah, it is. Don't put your head in the sand. Don't be old school. You better get with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, grow or go. And again, how do I affect demand, sales, margins? How do I continue through this decade to grow the business, be responsive to the expectations on a B2B basis? Whoops, here's my timer. How, do, how am I responsive to that? And how do I make that happen in my company 
no matter where I sit in the value chain, no matter how big or small I am. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Julie, as you said, with the relationships are so near and dear to everyone in this industry. And so I, I know this is probably, like you said, an uncomfortable thing for a lot of people to hear, but, yeah. um, but it's also a thing where it's, it's not like those go away overnight, but it sounds like everybody just better be prepared to have that not be the differentiator going forward. So what are you going to be preparing in the meantime? Right? Yes. Yes. You can't have an overplayed card. You, you can't. Are the relation? We we will always have relationships. We're human beings. We're great to work with. We have a few. You know what we represent is just beautiful. That's just icing on the cake, but it ain't the cake. Yeah. Well, and I did want to follow up on on one thing you mentioned is because, like you said, I think a lot of times when people hear value, they think, oh, well, you know, the level of service I provide and, and the quality of my product is better than the next guy's. What what are some of the things that you've seen folks, you know, bring to the table that are truly differentiators in that regard? Probably yeah. things that are more measurable, you know, some of those kind of things. Absolutely. Planning, budgeting, forecasting, business reviews, ability to link into your customers' data so that you can figure out how to drive produce for them or drive your product for them. Um, a product development, okay? That's a tricky one because that's um, that's a never-ending pipeline. Yeah. And some of it's going to work and a whole bunch of it isn't, mm-hmm. right? But how do you shift the conversation beyond price, beyond quality and service, into things that do what? Make a difference for that customer. Mm-hmm. So... Here's a tiny, tiny thing. So last week I went to Wells Fargo. I've got six accounts with Wells Fargo, okay? And I said, you know, I want a, a business line of credit. And they and Wells Fargo, man, they are in trouble deep. I hope no, no Wells Fargo people are, with, but they are in trouble deep. And so they're, they're sort of rehearsed speeches. Ms. Kravannik, you're very important to us. You have been for decades and we would like to provide value to you. I said, man, I'm in the right spot. This is great. Okay. I want a line of credit. Yes, we can do that. Again, we want to be of value to you. This value stuff went on forever and ever. I said, well, let me tell you specifically what value means for me. It doesn't mean nine or 10% interest on a line of credit. It means closer to three. Oh, we can't do that. I said, oh, oh, so I get value. Value is what you assert, not what I want. Do you see the analogy that I'm drawing? Yeah. I said, I, that's, what is that? That's a sales pitch. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So I went to my Belco credit union and said, I'm looking for this. I said, oh, that's no problem. We'll set it up for you right now. So guess where all my six accounts went? Oh my. Okay. So what's the point? You want to be of indispensable value to what? To what they want. Yeah. You gotta know they're shoppers and diners. Mm-hmm. You gotta say more than boy, you know, if something goes wrong, we'll put the produce in the car and drive it out to you. I mean, you gotta do something more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, and to your point too, is right now, while relationships are are more relevant than they're gonna be in the future, now is a great time to ask 
you know, what are, what are the things you're looking ahead about? You know, if you're talking to the director of produce, what are you hearing from your CEO on the things that are going to be deciding who we, who you guys do business with in the next five years, 10 years, and, and start thinking about how you implement those things, right? Perfect point, Ashley. Perfect point. Go mm-hmm. oh, ask them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't say, this is what I got. Say, what do you need? Mm-hmm. How do we provide indispensable value to you? Is it through technology? Is it through our product? Is it through our analytical capability? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good well, point. Yeah, well, and that's another way to try and tap into that additional value equation, right? Is try and be paying attention and listening and asking those questions on like, what's ahead for you guys? You know, what systems are you trying to implement? Well, what's, what are the next steps we can help you get to faster, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, that was the advent of SurveyMonkey. Now we're also sick of the damn SurveyMonkey. And what's your experience on a scale of one to 10? So we've kind of beat that one up. There's, there's other things coming. Um, but that was an attempt to say, let's listen to that customer, mm-hmm. right? Let's let them tell us. So any way of gathering that information in a way that gives the customer an ability to really talk to you without feeling w- w- feeling anonymous, I guess I would yes. say, right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Julie, I think that about wraps us up. Anything, uh, anything you think we missed or anything you want to add? Okay, so for the companies that are listening, don't <laughs> be afraid learn what this is all about, enter in at the level that you can, okay? Invest or partner, but don't put your head in the sand. Well, that, that is the thing I was thinking about, you know, as you read some of these examples of things that are happening is, I think when we look at some of these things, it can feel really, really daunting and it can feel a little futuristic still, but you think about how much a lot of other industries that we engage in every day, like I can't imagine the first, you know, the first person who went to the CEO of Macy's and said, Hey, listen, we really need to develop a way that people can buy our clothes online. Yes. Can you imagine what the response was? Someone's going to buy something, never having tried it on. Yes. Like, are, are you kidding me? Get out of here with that. Or trying on shoes, buying shoes yes. online. I mean, <laughs> you are right. You are right. You are right. And take a look at the horrific examples, particularly in retail, mm-hmm. where they didn't read those tea leaves. Kodak. Yeah. They have the technology for digital cameras and their higher up leadership and board groups said, well, that's never going to happen. We're always going to have a Kodak moment. Well, they got no Kodak moment now. Take a, right. Take a look at J.C. Panties. It's like now they're coming out. You can order things online, and I say too little, too late. J.C. Panties, you're done. Sears, done. Look at these the, the the places that didn't respond to what the environment and the market is doing. They're um, yeah. yeah. Well, so it's this bit of urgency that we're really talking to people. Don't be afraid, but boy, wade in, educate yourself, pick your, pick your battles and know that it's, you know, that's the question. How do you add value? Mm-hmm. How do you add value? Yeah. 
Well, and like you said, better to better to start moving that way now than to have and think, well, it's not here yet. Well, if you wait until things are fully here, I imagine it's just exponentially harder to get in and get caught up and, and somebody else is already on to the next thing. You're Ashley, you're right. And by then it's too late. Yeah. So it's big and scary, but it's it's a necessary big and scary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I don't know how else to put it. I'm listening and thinking, oh gosh, that sounds kind of overwhelming, <laughs> but it's just, it's just what it is. Things change and you got to change with them, you know? Yes. 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 Yep. Awesome. Well, Julie, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. I think this is great food for thought for, for everybody to, to kind of look, look ahead and think, all right, you know, what's, what's coming and are we ready and how do we get ready? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, thank you. It's been a treat to talk to you. We've had fun this last week thinking about all these things that are coming up. And this has been great. I appreciate it. Thank you again, Julie. And thank you for everyone for listening and watching. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and we'll see everybody next time on the Tip of the Iceberg podcast.